Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. This is another one for the Apocalyptic series. This is episode 72 with a very funny and excellent photographer, Mr. Steve Best. 72, guys, we made 72. Don't know what that means, but we're there. And we're going to get closer and closer to 100. I don't know what happens when we hit 100. Maybe I'll take a break. We'll see what happens. But I hope you're having a good apocalypse. I have managed to tidy the garage, the shed, and I have uh, put all my tools. I've got even got a tool tidy, uh, put all them into little drawers uh, just to make me feel better. I just love that, that kind of organized stuff. Uh, I guess I'm just procrastinating from not from writing my shows and thinking about the impending uh, end of the world. But uh, you need to do something. You need to get stuff done, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen. So I'm uh, doing all that. It's great. Uh, I've got some weeding to do. I put up a floodlight and uh, I'll talk about that another time because that is just an epic story of uh, misery and frustration. So uh, I hope you're having a good time and things are going well for you. You're mowing the lawns and you're, you know, you're just sort of like wearing hats and headbands now because your hair is so long. It's just getting your eyes and getting annoyed uh, about the fact your, your grooming uh, session is not kind of happening. Unless you're, you know, you walk around a bit like Middle Earth and uh, you've got a bit of kind of like a, a hipster vibe going on. But hey, maybe we all have a bit of hipster vibes. Maybe hipsters knew this before this happened and maybe they're the way forward. I don't know. Before recording this episode, I did an online gig. It didn't go too badly. I kind of enjoyed it actually because it's a bit like this. You've got to keep it going. You can't wait for the laughs because uh, if you wait for the laughs, you're just dead in the water just because there's no one there. It's just you're just talking to yourself in a room like I am now. But that is what the online episodes are going to be like so I'm going to might be streaming some stuff now because I kind of enjoyed it it was like nice to kind of write a little bit for there and you know just do what you want to do because the audience doesn't matter because whoever's going to watch it is going to is not going to be able to give you feedback anyway you can't see any of the comments so it doesn't really matter it's just thrown out into the, the ether into the abyss into oblivion it doesn't matter do your own thing but it was nice because uh, when I watched it back there I could see the comments on the the, the videos and they weren't even no, they were just like goggle box they were just like commenting on their own comments it was just like a Facebook post really they didn't even care what was going on in the video behind they were just like pleased to be involved it was just like basically like emceeing but you're ha you're absolutely no not connecting with them at all whatsoever because I didn't have any comments but I, I didn't do any crowd work because obviously there wasn't a crowd there but you know they're online somewhere but I say it went not didn't go too badly that's why I might start streaming myself I think everyone's starting to stream now why not it's from the comfort of your own home it's like I did a gig and was home and I had some food uh, it was odd I, I was fill filled with energy I didn't know where to what to do with it uh, I felt like drinking myself into like you know press myself with some alcohol but but I didn't do that because that's not healthy especially not around your family but so maybe go for a run after that I don't know I'm not sure what I'm gonna do I need to create a regime to to work out the excess energy that I get from from the adrenaline from, from doing gigs at home uh, it's not like podcasts because you can just do it and go home and that's it and it's it's not the same it's just oh you're fully geared up uh, try it but um, this is episode 72 with a very funny guy uh, and a photographer, Stephen Best. Uh, I'm seeing Steve at many gigs uh, and he is very funny. He's excellent. He's a very visual comedian and we talk about that in this his podcast. I hope you're you're getting through this all right, guys, and, and, and through the apocalypse and, and things are, you know, kind of, you're not too worried and not too scared about stuff that's going on. I mean, it, it does, it's kind of, you have days when you're like, all right, this is great. This is the best thing ever. I'm watching all this stuff and you have days where you're like, I just can't get motivated. I know what you're saying. I, I have that too. I'm trying to get up early and then you get up too early because you buzz because I want to start my stuff and get it done and you're exhausted best thing to do have a nap let yourself give yourself allow yourself a nap look where is it you got to be nowhere you can't go anywhere maybe if you got to go out walk the dogs walk the dogs that's fine walk them in the morning it's cooler anyway they like that just don't hammer yourself into the ground because the, the, you, we don't know where we got to go yet we might have another couple of, couple of months of this so just pace yourself I mean it, I'm, I'm telling you and I'm telling myself as well well, I hope you like this episode. This is episode 72, the April Apocalypse edition, as I say. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And, it, it, you know, if you've got comments, let us know. You can follow us. Facebook, we're there. Uh, we're on Instagram at Winter Dominus. Uh, I haven't got any uh, gigs coming up yet uh, on my website because I didn't. It's, it's, I'll post a link up there if you want to see gigs. But I will be streaming pretty soon. So I'll be putting the link to the uh, streams past and future in the descriptions of the episodes as well, if you fancy seeing that. It'd be something different. I, I'm getting a little bit darker with my comedy. I mean, I did the, the two years of clean, now it's it's getting very dark. But uh, maybe it's just the climate at the moment, right? But I'll say this, I hope you enjoy this episode. This is 72 with a very funny and just such a lovely fella, Mr. Steve Best. Steve Best, thank you for having me in your house. Uh, welcome to the Comedy Defect. Uh, how are you? It's comedy defect, is that what it's called? Comedy defect, ah, yeah. I know that. I'm very good, I'm very good actually. Having a cup of tea, nice cup of tea. Mm. Not bad. That's very nice, yeah. No sugars. What kind of tea is this? Just, I think it's good old Yorkshire. Oh, that's the proper Builders stuff. tea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's it. Is, it uh, is it the hard water special or is it the uh, just the red label? 
What's that? Is that it's, a di- oh, is that a different? Oh, there's yeah. a black label one which is specifically for. Hard water, water areas, yeah. I do. It's London hard water. Uh, I think it's pretty soft. <laughs> <laughs> soft, soft. Further up north, yeah. Yeah. north is a bit better. Yeah. But yeah, there so, we are. Well, I joke about that, didn't you? Yeah, hard water. Yeah, I yeah. think there is, isn't it? Well, I yeah. think there is something past the Watford Gap. What have you been up to? The recently, what have I been up to? Um, gigging. I mean, I, I, I kind of came out of gigging for quite a while. Mm. Not completely. So, and into the photography side of things. So, so it's now kind of fifty-fifty. I would have thought. So last week I did the, the Comedy Store 40th show and party. So the show was at the store, mm. charity show, and then it was in the Café du Paris. Oh, right. Across the road as the party until three in the morning. So, yeah, I was hired as the photographer, the nice. official photographer, which is lovely. But then uh, the, that next day I was so ill. Oh. I, got, I got bacteria or some cut bug or something oh. like that. So I had to cancel a gig on the Friday after that. And then I did the gig. So yeah, so back to very gigging. stressful though, isn't it? Trying to get the good pictures. It was kind of stressful. Life. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it was a big kind of star-studded kind of show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Backstage, yeah. There's what was it? Jack D, Michael McIntyre, John Bishop, Omid Jalili, loads of yeah. There's loads of people in there. Alexis Sale, he was there. Um, Paul Merton, all yeah. those people. So uh, my my thing now at the moment is to, is to get some really kind of backstage stuff. Yeah. Which no one else is getting. I think that's a big thing. That'd be a wonderful book as well, because you do books. You do. You've got Joker Face there. I see behind you, and you've done the comedy, comedy Snapshot. That was comedy, comedy Snapshot, snapshot which is the same thing. So it's, yeah. it's kind of just headshots of yeah. comedians, and then you're in. Which one are you in, Joker Face? Joker Face. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. Got you. But there's about nearly a thousand comedians in both books. Wow. So yeah, I take a picture of them backstage, and some of them are really kind of ropey pictures. I think because when I first started, it was just with a little point and shoot, mm. and it was just to show what the circuit was really yeah and and because it's ever changing so the first one came out in 2000 i can't remember when it was 2014 i think it was and that though those generally the people i was really working with the ian stones the yeah uh, why did i just make mentioning mike gunn and loads of kind of yeah. acts i just gigged around genres and all those places the glee club and all that stuff and then so i'd you know take a picture of them and then i'd ask them for one line a joke of theirs and then four or five facts about themselves. Yeah. That's not kind of obvious, mm. but, uh, just some weird and wonderful stuff. Um, and that was it, really. And that was just a labour of love. And, and I went to a little publishing company that belongs to a comedian who used mm. to be on the circuit. And we kind of published that through a little publishing company. And then that was it. But it's great to document that stuff as well, because you have a, uh, having an archive of all these comedians that have been doing the, the comedy for so many years. Uh, you, do, you do your exhibition as well with, uh, when, you did, when you did Joker Face. So, so the, the exhibition is more of the fine art stuff that I do. Right. So they weren't portraits, but they were the, some of the comedians that are, were in the book. So I don't think any of the pictures in the book are actually in the exhibition because the, the exhibition is much more kind of backstage, front mm. stage, fine art, hopefully mm. fine art. Yeah. Um, who's to say? But the, um, it was a real record of the circuit. That was a big thing. Right. It is ch- really changing now, I think, in the last... 10 years, I think. It's massively changed. You've got access, you've got, you know the people and they feel relaxed with you as well, so it's just a perfect uh, yeah, thing I think, that I you have to that, that's, I think that's the big thing, is, you know, you kind of learn on the job kind of thing with the photography side of it. And also I've had some really good people behind me, cameras and all this stuff, who really helped out along the way. But yes, I think the access is the main thing and the fact that I've been matey with most of them for 20 odd years. Great. Right. Yeah. So uh, when did you start? <laughs> I don't have to give me your age but you, you know what I haven't done what's weird I haven't done anything else so I did my I was a fantastic student at school but I really mucked up because when I was doing sixth form I decided to get into I was massively into magic when I first started right, right. so I went into the Young Magician of the Year got to the final of the Young Magician of the Year at the Polka Theatre in Wimbledon so I was really into magic and and, doing, and I started off doing kids shows actually yeah. that was my big thing that's tough man they're oh. the to- hardest thing isn't it so well kind of it I mean, it's completely different to doing stand-up yeah. and all that stuff, but it's a good basis to be in front of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're totally... And they, they see the smallest detail. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't even think that... And they'll tell you as well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh. I mean, they're, they're, they're ruthless, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Worse, than, worse than any critic you can... Yeah. I did a, I did a, a kid's show for um, my uh, my daughter and like her, her friends, and they saw one of them just had a tiny little bit of a, a, a silk... Hanging out, I was like, there it is. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh no, I was just yeah, like, yeah. I hate it. It's like, damn you. Yeah, yeah. This is I mean, you either do those kind of sucker tricks where yeah. you want them to see something, but yeah. then it's, you know, there's something else appears or something, mm. which is which is great. But I really enjoyed it, but I ended up doing the whole party. So I do the disco, puppets, Whoa. juggling, yeah. games, and yeah. then the magic show. I think the way to do it, and if I ever did it again, which I don't think I'd ever do, is I'd do a 45 minute show, sure. and that'll be it, and yeah. tour it around. 
because the parties were just so tiring. And also, some of them used to be like two and a half hours, and half an hour would be for tea. Yeah. So you'd have an hour, and then they have tea, and then you do another hour, mm. which was all right. But then the tea sometimes lasts five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the parties were going to three hours, and that was just so tiring. I was Jingles the Jester, so I was a jester. Right. Jingles the Jester Great. was, yeah. I saw, yeah, some photos of that. What was your tricks when you got into the finals of the... Uh, yeah, but, you, uh, that, but that was a different, that was an adult thing, so that was the Magic Circle organised that. I can't remember, it was, I, I did a silent act, actually. Oh. So I was doing this, there was a trick where you pour a, a glass of liquid into a bigger glass and it mm-hmm. fills it up, and that pours it into a bigger glass and that fills that up, right. and then you pour it into a jug and it fills all from one little glass, and then right. you pour it all the way back into all of them and they fill them all up. Cool. That's a really lovely trick. Yeah. So I did kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it was only later on I started getting verbal jokes mm. and things like that. And so you were a jingle suggester. How many years did that for? Well, uh, that was uh, while I was doing my A levels actually. Right. And I used to bunk off school, and I just mucked up my A levels. I was going to apply for uni. I did this thing for these holiday camps audition. I actually had some real original ten minute original stuff because I didn't. You know, I thought you just write your own stuff. And then I got on this big summer season, 18-week summer season, based in Exeter, went to Cornwall, Devon, all these places. But I'm going to do 50 minutes, and I only had 10 minutes. So I, I actually had to put together loads of stuff. And, and that was a real good learning experience, yeah, really, yeah. really good. I mean, But you'd go to these places, these caravan parks in, mm. in Cornwall, and it'd be the whole family there, you know, the kids, the, the mum and dad, and the grandparents. Mm. So you'd have this room, and you'd have to do 50 minutes. It was tough. And some of them I did really well on. Other ones I got sacked on the first time, and oh, then they pushed yeah. me onto something else. But it was fine, yeah. because it's, it, you just went on to a different camp. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. it was fine. But it was, it was tiring. After about three weeks, I thought, I've done this, yeah. and I was ready. And that's, that was my beginning of stand-up. Actually, my beginning before that, actually, I, I went to Cyprus. My dad was doing some accounts for this restaurant in oh. Cyprus. And I went out there, and then I went back in the summer and did table work. So around the around oh, yeah, in this yeah, restaurant, close up magic, so. yeah, close up magic. And then yeah. I developed my first routine at the end of the night in this restaurant. Oh. I'd do a bit of magic-y stand-up and three minutes, and I'll just do that every night. Nice. And, yeah, that's it. and you've already got them on board because you've you're just like connecting yeah, them yeah, on the tables. Yeah, It's kind of comparing as such, yeah. coming around the table, and then you do that's a little it. set. It nice. was fine. I mean, they're all expats out there. Kind of drunk and yeah. <laughs> it was alright. Yeah, it was a good. And did you, did you know the fifteen minutes you did? You did it for uh, was it three months at the around Cornwall and fifty minutes, fifty fifty. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was so. That was interesting because I it was kind of magicy based with uh-huh. lots of one liners, and and some of the props were you would buy from magic shops. Like I had the raccoon. It's called oh. Rocky the Raccoon. Right. So I had a spring in it. Yeah. And you you could make it move so it looks like it's real and alive and there was a guy David Williamson who was a great magician really funny and his routine he brought out this Rocky Raccoon and I had that but then I I even from when I first started I'd never want to take something I kind of knew that wasn't right right, so then I would change that routine some of them were a bit similar lines but then I would Put you in it. I put me in it, yeah. and also yeah, make make yeah. it my own. And so there was one bit in it where the raccoon would go up my bum, through my body, and out my mouth. But what I had, I'd have a spare head, yeah. and I'd palm the head, and as it put it in my mouth, yeah. and so it looked like it was coming out of my mouth. It's great because yeah. you even I won't ruin your your final bit for your your set, but you have something similar to like that oh, at the end of your set. Yeah, which is great. I loved it because I love yeah. watching you did these a few months ago. High energy, it very it reminded me very much of. Um, the energy of Harry Hill. Oh, okay. Uh, not without, I mean, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no totally. We were talking about this before. That it doesn't make it, you know, it, it doesn't make dilute, but it's just like, you know, it's like comparing people, it's, it's, it's like apples and oranges. And, you know, no, no, you know, no, yeah. But it's like that energy, that, that joy and that fun I'm talking about, it's like rather than his, you know, his persona. Yeah, although we were saying about influences is that Harry Hill was, you know, when I was starting, he was just about making it. He was just coming off the circuit and he was doing his... Uh, kind of little tours. Yeah. I actually supported him once right oh, at the beginning. Yeah, brilliant. And he was such a nice guy. And, and I, you know, he actually did my kids' um, PTA gig recently. Nice. But what was funny was that PTA that uh, said, you know, they found out I did stand up. Yeah. They said, can you organise a, you know, a, a, an event? Yeah. So I got. Um, they couldn't believe it actually because they didn't realise, you know, the connections all this stuff. So I got Harry Hill, got Milton Jones. And uh, I was comparing. Who else was doing it? Cindy V. Cindy V. Was there. Compared it. I'm comp- and also the, the one of the grandparents is uh, an actor. I can't remember his name now, but he was uh, 
he's a poet and he yeah. was great as well but it was just a great night and the raffle as well but it was I, yeah, I think it was just the school was just amazed that you, they were there doing the gig and, and they loved it yeah it was good and your, uh, and your status went up quite a bit in the play yeah the people because people who didn't know I did stand up uh, suddenly know you do stand up right. and you're in the yeah, in the playground for the next yeah. year it's not bad. oh that's yeah. it if there's Steve Best yeah that's an ego thing in the yeah oh there we go <laughs> I can't remember. The school, big status. So, so we're big, like, yeah. yeah, oh, oh, yeah. So it's like, uh, that's there, you know, some people see on the playground, like, oh, there's Steve Best out there. Yeah. I should go talk to him, sort of thing. Yeah, but it's not. No, I mean, there's such a, it's a tiny little first school, so you know, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. But it's funny, isn't it, fame thing? Because I, I think at the beginning, when, when I first started, I, I was much more ambitious to, to do that. But I, 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 um, I'm not. Don't worry so much now. It's more of a financial concern rather mm. than anything else. Yeah. yeah. You know, you kind of there's not very few. Big famous people, I don't know what it is. It's they, they kind of seem to want even want more, more, more kind of thing. I don't think I'm that kind of person. I think that's your upbringing or something, or yeah, the humbleness. Like, well, you know, well, I may be too comfortable in one way, you know, right. kind of just a middle class family, and you know, I think it's, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've I've always I think what it is. I've always strived for perfection. I think that's what it, I, I do love. So when I was. I get into something. I'm very obsessive. I get into mm. magic, and I practice. I got into juggling when I was a kid, and I used to juggle an hour before going to school. So, and then come back and do another two hours. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. And then I really got into the guitar later on when I was about eighteen or nineteen. Mm. I did stuff for music at school, and I practice eight hours a day. Wow! I would do. I would get up, and I would. This is when I'd left school, and I was starting to do my kind of comedy and all this stuff, kids yeah. shows. But I would play play the guitar. So I'd get up at six in the morning, and I would do scales for an hour, two hours. And have breakfast, do another two hours, then do four hours in the afternoon. Wow. Did that for a year and a half, two years. And I was going to go to Andalusia and I was massively into flamenco. Yeah. I was going to go and study flamenco. Wow. It's really mad to start. But my mum got really ill and, you know, things happened and it, and it kind of stopped on that. But I still, I just get obsessed with stuff. Yeah. So then to magic as well. I'm the same. I'm, I, I get obsessed with things like, I really do like the, that book you got for Comedy Sayings you lent me. So that's an obsession thing of me as well. Oh, so yeah. obsessed, that saying book is, so over the years, I, I, I collected one-liners from people. I, you know, I'd mm. quote them and all this stuff. I would just put them on the computer and, and then I just printed it out. And I've got this, you, this what's it? It's a, it's a wedge. It's a, it's a decent, it's, a, it's an encyclopedia really. Isn't yeah, it, really? of, of one-liners. It's yeah. just, and I stopped doing that, adding to it maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. This was over a period of five, six, seven, eight years, just writing down one-liners. Mm. I just get obsessed with stuff. Yeah, totally. That's the same. I'm, I'm exactly the same with any bit of comedy like that. I, I love because there's nothing like that book that you've lent me, the comedy saying out there. There's like you've got comedy thesaurus out there, and that is uh, it's great, but it's like very American. There's not really many English comedians in that, but that has got all of them. Crossways, because I remember I, I, I used to get books out of the library, or um, uh, and they'd have these sayings in mm. them, and so they're they're collecting from all over the place. Mm. And then there's I, mean, I stayed, I was in America for a couple of years, from 2005, I think it was. My wife had a job over there, mm. and you get the American. So I'd go into bookshops there and use their books as well. So you'd have all these people that you kind of heard of, but since the mm. internet, everybody's heard of them. But yeah. you know, there were all these one-liners and all this. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge amount. Yeah. You were gigging over there as well. I guess. No, I didn't. I kind of I wrote a book over there, which oh. nearly got published. What's that the book? It was uh, here's one you can use. Actually, it was about semi about autobiographical, hmm. but it was a fiction. You know, um, but I wrote it when I was in the states, and and it got really close to being published, but not quite. Again, I spent hours and hours on that. Yeah. But I, I was going to try and get some gigs. It's in Boston on on the hmm. uh, uh, east coast, but it's really tough over there. Even then, two thousand five. Because you know you can get known in. Oh, it's like doing the open spot scene here, where you do five or ten, and then they ask you back. Didn't know how long I was going to be there for. Yeah. You know they've got their little kind of cliques and all that stuff. Yeah. So you could do well in Boston, and then still not known in New York, and mm-hmm. certainly not known on the West Coast. Yeah, right. So it was it was not like here in Britain, where you can get well known and move around. Move it's around. Much smaller places. Yeah, and drive everywhere. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, that's. I enjoyed the experience, but I just decided and just dug down just. Um, I was out of the system, not working really, and mm. just writing, writing. Still being creative though. Isn't yeah, it? I think and so. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed the writing process. Mm. A lot of research, and it was about the. It was it was taking place on the comedy circuit, mm. obviously, but it was also 
uh, around the Bosnian War as well. Right. So it was a love story. Oh. My wife is from that part of the world. Right. So it was, it was, you know, I kind of did a lot of research on it, all this stuff. So yeah. What's your wife do? She's actually um, senior lecturer in linguistics at UCL. Oh. She's she's really brainy. And, you know, she came over as a as a refugee actually, nineteen uh, during the Bosnian War, and we met at Greenwich up the creek. Ah, so she, nice. she was well, she was living over in that over that side, and I was doing a gig there, and she thought it was a disco, and didn't realise it was comedy on, and wasn't going to come in. Yeah. And I was headlining that night and stormed on for this. Nice. <laughs> so and I was having a party the week afterwards, and and coincidentally mm. in Hammersmith, I was living in Hammersmith. And that was it, yeah. When you first started comedy, like when you did your first just pure comedy gig, what was that? First gig, what is it? It's a bit of a because I came, as I said, from the kind of kids' entertainment mm. side, and I did a big theatre tour. So it's very hard to pinpoint the joke, joke, because I was doing visual stuff. I did a lot of visual, a lot of magic y stuff, but a lot of just visual stuff. So not that much magic, magic. It was uh, using magic principles, so a lot of it was just visual gags. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember, but I know that I, I had a really strong routine, that with Rocky Raccoon I was telling you about, mm-hmm. which was, you know, it was a kind of five, six, seven minute routine, just all feeding it and, and um, hypnotising it and the thing through the bum and mm-hmm. mouth and all that stuff. And it was a really shock ending, which was great. That was my big, you know, main stuff. But, mm-hmm. it, but as I say, it took me years and years to get rid of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's in a way one thing that's not held me back because I'm doing other stuff and it's it's all kind of gone bigger and all this stuff. But but the stand up, I think, and, and the people who really do well are the people who constantly write and get rid of stuff. And yeah. I found that really hard in my career. Is yeah. to is to, is to, when you've got something so strong, is to get rid of it. Yeah, that, yeah. that is the hardest thing, and that's the piece of advice I'd give any, anybody. Yeah. Is just keep writing yeah. and get and keep changing stuff because I, you know, fundamentally my stuff, it, 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 the, the routines are very similar to when I from years ago. Mm. I, you know, I had new jokes and gags, mm. but the bulk of it. So because I'm working on other stuff, mm. but it, it, it looks a bit bit lazy in a way. But it's so strong, mm. you kind of think I can't. How do I get rid of that mm. and carry on? But the thing is, you know, that's very blinkered and a small way of looking at the circuit and the people who when I started. The Izzards, Eddie Izzard, who was breaking through at the mm-hmm. time, you know, he was ruthless and fearless about doing stuff, and mm-hmm. he would just churn out stuff and yeah. die on his ass and and do it the next week and do 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 do, mm-hmm. and eventually you've got his style, and and that style would work with, you know, he worked harder writing stuff, but you just got to you know be fearless, fearless. Yeah. Just let it go, just put it, leave it all, all out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to be doing well to, mm-hmm. to, to and, and keep doing. You can't just change your set every week and and do open spots because where's that going to get you? Yeah, yeah. But once you start getting a name for yourself, you've got to you know churn out the stuff. That's what I found was a, a bit of a like an albatross around my neck. I was like, right, I need to keep evolving. You try to evolve too quickly at the beginning. Oh yeah. I'm desperate to go. I want to get to. I want to get to what I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, I need this is the comedian I picture myself as. And so I said, don't fucking worry about that. Just keep, as you said, keep writing, keep, keep, and the voice will come out in your writing because that's who you are. And you, because people get too caught up, I think, sometimes with their, what's my persona? What is, who, who am I? You know, and that's yeah. just a, that's just a question that will answer itself later on, as you said, as you keep, if you, as you keep writing. Yeah, no, I think so. And keep performing. I mean, it, it, but it's hard because it's very different. The circuit's very different from, mm. from when I started. So you would do an open spot in an established place of people doing their 20s in a Mm -hmm. proper club but now it seems to be very separate the open spot and Mm -hmm. the club circuit and and also the club circuit's kind of decimated in a way although it's propping you know sprouting out other in different forms but the idea of doing a weekend thursday friday saturday in one place and getting a hotel that you know that kind of feels it's gone I mean, it's sprouting in different ways. You've got yeah. the water and other places. One, the Glee stuff's still going. This comedy store, but you know, when, when Jonglers was around, that, mm. which was you know, it was a hard gig, but also it could be great. Mm. You know, there were some Jonglers that were fantastic, and there were people slagging them off and all this mm. stuff. But it was a good circuit in one sense. It allowed you to do stuff during the week, other stuff that you could experiment with. But the problem with someone like Jonglers is, I fell into the trap of getting your 19, 20 minutes of really strong stuff and bang, 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 there's no spaces because you're worried about getting yeah. something thrown at you. You know, there's pros and cons about it. That obviously. momentum is... Because I, I said when I saw your, uh, your, your closing the night, 
was it uh, your, the momentum and, the, and the, the, the joy and the physicality was great. It's like, why well, here we go, right, that's it. There's no, there was no breathing space in that whatsoever. No, I very rarely get heckled because there isn't much. And if they do, it, it doesn't matter really because then you just do some silly stuff yeah. back. I've always had that kind of speed. And so you, someone says, oh, can you do 40 minutes? And in actual fact, well, if you have 25 mice, it's, there's 40 minutes in there, really. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. Get more for your buck. Well, I always think like doing an hour in Edinburgh is too long to watch someone anyway. But well, You've done the festivals, haven't you? Yeah, no, I can't, that, that, that's another thing that, you know, I tell people that it's much harder now because of the, the cost of it. Yeah, I've only done Edinburgh as, as my own solo show once. That was underwritten by Karushi at the time, which was, uh, I can't remember, they... Ed Smith, who's gone on to bigger things, but he, they kind of underwrote the show, so it took the first three grand loss, and it lost about three thousand and ten quid. So it cost me ten quid. Yeah, but it was at the place. Oh yeah, ten but everything was paid. Ever. Everything was paid for. So the accommodation. The PR and I was in a 150 seat room at the Pleasance. You know that was, and I should. What you know, my problem was was that. I got so stressed. I got. I was one of the only guys in the whole uh, history of Edinburgh. Mm. I think Bill Bailey's one. Mm. I'm one. Where you, in the same run, I got a five star review and a one star review. Yeah. So to get five and a one for the same show, it just shows you the yeah. madness of it all. Yeah. But then it was it wasn't quite as big. I can't remember what year it was. I, and I, I stupidly got myself reading the critics at the time oh. and the five star came after the one star yeah yeah so it, it kind of and it was just up and down with my wife didn't have kids then but it was a real roller coaster mm. emotional and it made me think am I able to take if, if it ever become famous can I take this because mm. I found it really hard yeah. this thing I found really hard but what I should have done is carried on the next because people were really into what I was doing at the mm. time and I was I was kind of in newspapers and people saying this is guy to look out for right. you know visually mm-hmm. there's a visual comedian and they're comparing me to kind of greats and all this stuff and then I should have just gone back the next year with yeah. a new show mm-hmm. but and that's the idea of being fearless writing 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 but it took me ages to write that show yeah. you know all the time I'd been in doing stand up mm-hmm. that was my show and that's what happens isn't it the first hour is oh, culmination stuff. of yeah, yeah. I think oh, shit, I've got to write that do that again but what's, you've got to what's the name of your show oh that's the other thing Robin Inns talks about it. it's called Steve Best is Immature and one of the critics said, um, this is a bit immature, this show. Oh, no, come on. And, 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 and Robin Inns recounts that story when he, talked, when he does this gig, I think, you know, mm. within his show. Yeah. Uh, and it was, but that is, I mean, it was a student review or something like that. Mm. But even so, you think, you know, it just destroys you. You think, yeah. yeah? But I did find with the audiences, it was quite hard because one night, sell out the weekends, 150 mm-hmm. people, was great. Coming to see you is extraordinary. And some nights it would be like a theatre crowd where they would just like you know smile and applaud and yeah. all that. And other nights it was raucous and it was fantastic. Yeah. So it was so hard. What was your time? Oh, you know, it was kind of seven, eight o'clock. That's great, isn't yeah. it? You're not too exhausted. After no, no, it was thing. fine. It was, it was everything was perfect about it, great. except it was tiring and, and I, I should have just carried on. I mean, that's how you make it. <laughs> right. But but it, but I mean to be fair, like get paying ten quid for an Edinburgh run. It's amazing. Mm. I mean, I've heard this year it's, it's really tough because mm. they, they, they put the accommodation up now. Yeah. Because apparently the, the landlords aren't allowed to chuck out students for that month. Oh. I, I'm not too sure how what it is, but it's made them less rooms, I think. Yeah, right. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen now after the next year. But I've seen a lot of people really saying that it's kind of doubled the accommodation. It's already oh. was already expensive. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's all right if you're doing the free fringe, but even if you're doing the free fringe, I mean, if you're laying out two and a half grand for accommodation mm. or something like that, and then you've got the PR and the, you know, all, the, all the other stuff that goes with it, I think it's tough, really. Big time. I'm not doing the fringe for another few years, at least. I'm just going to enjoy the circuit. As we talk about like keeping your set tight and, and putting as many jokes in as possible, and I just want to give them as much as possible in a short space of time. And like and, and keep crafting and working on that and, and you do maybe 30, 40 minutes, yeah sure, but like an hour is too long. It can be too long. I mean I, I there's very few people that yes, that, that can, can do the hour. I mean Edinburgh's different because sometimes they, there's themes to it and, and it's mm. it's not always doesn't have to be kind of a I just think that there's Edinburgh acts and there's circuit yeah, acts. Sure. I mean some of them yeah. cross over very mm-hmm. much, mm-hmm. but but you know, doing the circuit I'm always torn between this because mm. I, I think to, to move on and upwards and the people who've got the vision is you would do both. But I think it's very hard to go up to Edinburgh and just do an hour of just great stand-up. Mm. Not because it's not great, mm-hmm. but because the industry aren't looking for that. And it's a shame, because you know, I heard great people. I was up there last year doing an exhibition mm. and taking photos and all this stuff. But I heard a lot of news that there's some great 
stuff going on, just an hour of stand-up, but it mm. wasn't getting any reviews or anything oh. like that. You just think, well, what's it about? It's a different thing, to, you know, TVs and looking for other stuff. But we've got it in our in our hands to do what we want, because yes. we've got the internet. Yeah. You know, TV mm. isn't as important as it once was, I don't think. So people have made them their names elsewhere. But you've got to be creative that way still and keep That's writing. Yeah. As, as, as you said, like keep writing and keep doing other things as well that you enjoy doing. And it, we're saying before we started, like that you you hope to have a back catalogue of things that, that you can reach for eventually. Yeah. Go, oh, we'll I'll also do this, this and this. Yeah, I oh, think okay. so. I think, I th- but I think a lot more people that my generation of the stand-up are diversifying, mm-hmm. whether it's podcasts or this mm-hmm. or that, the writing or, because you have to now, because there was a time, I think 10 years ago or so, where you could make a really good living just being a stand-up comedian on the circuit, and and there's no other country, I don't think, you know, certainly not in America really. But this country was fantastic for that. Think about it, we had a real great boom, yeah, and and just the way it was set up, and you were earning then, and you know the money's gone down slightly, I think. Yeah, yeah. So this was 15, 20 years ago. And you just, you couldn't believe you were quite doing, and you know, and luckily I kind of put a bit away and invested, in, but a lot of people just spunked it all anyway. So yeah, yeah. it's very hard now for the people of my generation. Think, well, what am I going to do? When you first started, who did you like model yourself on? Well, I mean, growing up wise, I mean, we didn't have a TV when I was. Like, didn't have a TV at all? No, my, no. My, until my grandma died oh, when really? I was about thirteen. We, we didn't, but my parents were kind of quite hippieish. My mum was very hippieish. Um, my dad was a mathematician, but she was kind of a fossil hunting artist. She was great. Was she an archaeologist, or was she like? No, a, she was. She was an artist. Really. I mean, she right. did. I mean, she had exhibitions and mm. drawing. You know, uh, pen and ink. But, um, she was a very good artist. We're not kind of making a living out of it. So we used to draw when we were kids, yeah. and we used to listen to records, mm. vinyl. So they were massively into things like the Goons. Oh, I'm Chris. sorry, I'll read it again. Mm. Um, we used to uh, listen to all the six thirty shows on Radio Four. Yeah. Then, you know, which some of them were terrible. Like the uh, Round the Horn. Yeah, Round the Horn. Yeah, all that uh, stuff. Yeah. The, was it the Navy Lark? I think. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What's the other thing as well? I've, I've listened to what's the other thing? Even like Round the Horn. Uh, Kenneth, the Kenneth Williams. Yeah, yeah. Show was it? Yeah. Somewhere? Well, he what? was. But and I'm, they used to have the old version. I'm sorry. Sorry, we did. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, I haven't a clue. Sorry, I haven't a clue, yeah. yeah that's great, with John Cleese and all those yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every old So and, and the goodies. Oh, there's loads yeah. of stuff going on on record. So, yeah, we I kind of grew up on vinyl. But then as I was growing up, then I'd collect videos, VHSs. Mm-hmm. And I used to go to clubs to watch the, the Jimmy, people like Jimmy Jones and people like that, and mm. who, you know, who were a bit like kind of the Jim Davison kind mm-hmm. of feel to it but just to see and I saw Bob Monkhouse live and all these people and then I get VHS's of the people when there was a time when lots of Jerry Sadovitz and people like that were doing mm. VHS's and yeah, yeah. Uh, videos so I'd watch a load of those being influenced with Steve Martin I think mm. early, when his white suit Great. arrow through the head days Love and I remember seeing that and I remember seeing that that video of him in that big arena. Do you, mm. have you yes, seen that I remember. It's massive. Massive. It's like an old the old two, isn't it? It's yeah. A tiny little dot in this, yeah, yeah, in this yeah. huge venue. Yeah, and the Fonz comes on at the end. Oh, is that right? I yeah. can see that to the yeah, end. Yeah, right at the end he comes on and he does um, King Tut. You know, oh, and, yes. And, and Fonz is holding the back. Which is, you know, really. But it was what it was a massive eye opener because it was this kind of guy who was doing visual silliness, juggling mm-hmm. all the stuff that I'd learned. Yes. It's very similar to me, yeah, magic yeah. and juggling the stuff that, that my, my kind of path. And now I've learned you've read this book, Born Standing I've, I've Up. I've heard it. I've heard it, and I because uh, he did start off in um, the uh, in a magic shop, didn't he? Yeah, and yeah. It, it, uh, and it's very similar. I mean, that Born Standing Up is is mostly one of the best books on stand up. This is kind of his days as he was. Because you know he was nearly gave up. He was dying on his ass, but he he was doing stuff that no one else was doing, mm. and I think he kind of grabbed something and suddenly it worked. But then those big stadium gigs—that was mm. the beginning of the end, though, because yeah. he found it really hard to yeah. to control the audience. There's always even if it's one percent who were heckling. That's mm. a lot of people yeah, totally. in that kind of. So I think that that was the hard thing for him. Yeah, but I remember watching that VH and, and, and think I didn't get it the first time. I was mm. watching this, it's all right, and then you watch it again. This is just great. Mm. And his CDs are really funny as well. Brought out three or four CDs. I don't, think I've, I don't think I've listened to the. I only heard the. Um, the I've only seen that one with the, when he was in the stadium. Yeah, no, the, the CDs are very funny, really funny. So yeah, he was massive. But then I remember 
listening to Bill Hicks again, mm. they're completely different. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm decorating my first flat I bought listening to him over and over again. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of albums ranting. There's a few relentless... No, but the bit after that, his yeah. last bit, Arizona Bay, that's a seminar. I mean, it's the, the, when he started having playing someone playing music behind him as well, oh, as a guitarist playing it. I mean, it's cut from mm. different shows, but it's sublime. I mean, mm. I, I thought so. And I know people slag him off now and... Mm. But I do think he was one of the best stand-ups. Different time, different time. Yeah, and I think it's good to get an influence from completely different styles. Mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely. I'd never do anything similar to Bill Hicks, but mm-hmm. it's good to listen to his timing and the way yeah. he right, constructs his routines. I mean, even people like Tommy Cooper when I was growing up, you know. And Frankie stuff. Howard as well. Yeah, I was never massive with Frankie no. no, I didn't quite get Frankie Howard. He's a bit, but he's very scatterbrained as well, isn't he? Like, you know, yeah, like, although apparently oh, people oh, were saying everything was written, all those little... Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. So you do the, the photography and you do the stand-up. Do you act as well, Steve? No, I'm not. I, I know I have been asked to do things, but I would only do it in my style. I find acting isn't... I'm not an actor. So I, you've got to know your limit. I'm not mm. an actor. Yeah. <laughs> I think my non-actingness would shine through my acting. Initially, I all just I and I I did a little um, ad, as for actual Adam Kay, you know the doctor. Yes. Um, comedian. Yeah, there's a couple. Of, there's a lot of doctors come comedians. Yeah, oh yeah, Harry. Harry yeah. yeah, there's. Uh, yeah, there's uh, you've got. Is it Lee Nelson? Yeah, uh, Lee Nelson. Uh, that's yeah. right. Oh yeah, right. so he 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 got me to do an internal advert for this building company. I had to have a yeah. tattoo on my neck, and cool. I was right old man, all right. And I could just about do that. It was Great. all right. But when you look back at it, you think yeah. I can see me through that. I, I'm that's, not, you know. That's all right, isn't it? Is it a bit well paid? Isn't it? That's, that's uh, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get if you get something, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. But I've always had that, you know, that Bill Hicks thing about doing adverts, and and I just can't. Does not sell out? You We're kind of, but it's, you know, I'm completely not that thing. I think. He, you know, he can understand someone who needs the money, and mm. that. But I do find it when I, I do listen to him in my head. If I see someone messy mm. or something like that doing a Walker's crisps advert, you think, yeah. where does this? Come? I can understand Renton Shoes who started helping me out with certain things, and I love their shoes. They're kind of British-made, beautifully made mm. shoes. They kind of we did some stuff together, and mm. I, you know, if something like that, they said, "You'll do do an advert." So yeah, I'll do an advert because I love their stuff. Mm. But you know, I, yeah. what? You feel like you're, you're a shill. Yeah, I don't know what it is actually. Again, there's a, f- a fine point between needing the money and not needing the money. So what? If you need the money, I, I can understand slightly. Yeah. <laughs> but someone like you know the big names, you say, what? Why? Yeah, like uh, like when it's like when you see Kevin Bacon do an yes. advert for Orange. He, yeah, he, you're like uh, Kevin Bacon, you're in everything. Why do you need to do? Orange. There must be, they, you know, they, they just said, hey, what is five million quid, which most of yeah. all they have done. But even then, unless there's some kind of tax, Willie Nelson, wasn't it, at the time, he he, uh, oh. he had a massive tax bill. That's the Bill Hicks thing Oh, as well. yeah, that right. So that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Right, okay. So had to but you had to go at Jay Leno, I think, at the time. Yeah. He was hawking tacos or something like that. Everything, like, yeah. just everywhere, just trying to make as much money as possible. Well, it's just... Well, fair, I guess, in a way, you know, you just got to see, what, you know, how far... See how far you can push it, I guess. Well, it depends what it's about. I mean, yeah. is it about making money or is it be being famous for? Yeah, you're trying. You're, you're a purist, then, isn't it? Like, are you like you're like. I mean, not not in a, in a derogatory sense, but like you're like comedy. I love comedy. Well, I don't want to be no like that. I don't take. think it's as pure. I mean, it can't, I, 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 we're talking about perfection. I think yeah. it's about loving art. I think mm. so. It doesn't have to. Be, it sounds a bit arty wanky this way but I do love watching someone who's fantastic the piano or something like that yeah, you, know, yeah. you just yeah. think this is, this is piece put, this is the hours they put into this I mean sometimes you, with the comedy you can't see how many hours someone's put into it or photography or something like that but just the effort and the, and the energy and the, and the love for something sure mm. yeah and it's something you think well actually you're, you're now famous so mm. here's a packet of crisps here's a million quid <laughs> it, it just doesn't ring it doesn't make it's not yeah I've got, I've got an image now of someone playing the piano and like after they finish their recital they just pull a pizza a piece wow. of pizza yeah, out of the uh, out of the actual you know the open piano, the grand piano yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, it's just yeah. I mean, if it makes sense, I mean, in a way, yeah, I remember Jack D doing those um, bitter adverts oh, yes. years ago, wasn't yeah. it? and it kind of was funny. I mean, the advert's funny, and it's kind of makes it's all right, and that's kind of art in itself in a way. It's okay ish. I don't know. I haven't got any yeah. fast rules, and it's, it's just, sometimes you just think this is just why are you doing that? Yeah. I mean, you know why, because it's the money, it can't be anything else. What was the thing that was the hardest to get over when you first started comedy? Or like performance? 
How to, it's, it's, in what sense? Like, what like, what you, the, the, like, does it like the, oh, fe- the I, fear? I mean, is it a fear because you you're obsessive? Is it does it come from a, a place of like just like a, a, I guess it's always fear at the beginning. Well, it? I suppose, so, and I think that's maybe my. I've never been too good at being thick-skinned, so that's maybe maybe holds one back. Yeah. So you don't become fearless, carry on writing mm. because you want to be loved all the time and mm. not have a bad show. And I think that's I haven't overcome that. It's detrimental sometimes. I, I think it's that per, yeah. aim for perfection. Yeah, yeah, but even if you aim for perfection, you you know there's a, there's a higher perfection, isn't yeah. there? Because you you've got to fail. And I have. I've, everybody's died on their yeah, arse. Yeah, I remember doing Glastonbury. That's I think it's one of the first gigs my wife came to. This is the, the Glastonbury where it was the wettest on record. But I remember I was. It was the time where Corking the Juice Pigs was still around. Right. Phil Nickel, who was mm-hmm. part of Corking. And yeah. they were brilliant. I mean, they were so strong in energy. And, yeah. and they, it was the comedy tent. It was pissing out with the rain outside. So everybody's in, the, in shelter. And, and I remember they stormed it. They got two or three encores. With a comedy tent, it just carries on. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. It just carries on. There's no break. If your audience want to break, they leave. So yeah. the actual show carries um, Straight after that was Mr. Methane. Oh, yeah, who, the, the fart guy. The fart guy who does... I mean, it's very funny yeah. and great for festivals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he does real farts. And yeah. he, he puts powder on his ass. Cheek, so wow. that you can see it's you know yeah, it's far, they're fighting yeah, out. So he actually, I think he went on after corking the juice pigs and carried on this storm. And then I come, I think it was um, Brendan Burns actually was comparing it. They, he just had to just carry on. He just brought me on after me. How me can back. you follow a farce? You can't. Have well, I used to do a fart routine as well, but yeah. I did not then. And and also after corking the, I mean, really, they should just finish the night with corking yeah. the juice pigs. And then I went on, and it was just. You know, yeah. maybe a thousand people in the tent just kind of shouting at me, oh. uh, and then I kind of carried on. I did my time. I think I think it was ten, fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, I did all right in the end. Yeah. And I came backstage and I do this routine that I've kind of brought back recently. Um, this kind of cloth routine where you do face changes yeah. with an extra hand. Again, another magic principle mm-hmm. of an extra hand. <laughs> and I was unsetting my stuff, and and Alex. Uh, wife was there and we were backstage and she go, and you know so I, I kind of went alright and, kind of, and then I was going through my props and I found these all these little mud balls uh, in all my props so people while I was on stage had been throwing mud at me oh and they're, no. they're all in my props so yeah. I realised as I was on stage people were just chucking oh, shit at me no. <laughs> how, how, that, well, I mean that, again there's a thousand people again one percent of the audience maybe well like maybe that, more yeah. than that oh, <laughs> oh, no. but yeah because your stuff is, is clean, isn't it? Very clean, isn't it? It's not. Um, it, it, it's uh, again. I had an experience about three months ago that I've never had mm. in my whole career. Of yeah, it is fairly clean, and this is just to show you how some people can take your stuff as anything. But I, I did. Um, I'm not going to mention yeah, the yeah. book because I really like the book. But I did a, a, a gig in a church, and I, you know, I'm told to keep it clean. I don't swear. You know, every I used to say the c word in a bit of my act where it worked so well because it was so unexpected. Yeah. And I pretended the mic wasn't working anyway. Yeah. And uh, is this on? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. And I so say it was, but I know I don't, haven't done that for ages. But what was really interesting was I, I went on first on that gig after someone compared, was compared really well, and it went really well. It was, mm. so, so I was doing this gig and um, did fine. There was an interval, and I, as I came off, some of the audience high five me I mean it's quite an old audience uh, and it's in the church yeah uh, a, a new kind of church uh, a kind of newborny kind of feeling right, to it right. and then as I'm walking out the door the vicar priest the, the yeah, yeah. main man big guy God uh, yeah <laughs> he said can I have a word with you and I said oh, I'll just go and he's, and, and he's, he's you know he looked really angry I said sure and luckily one of the other organisers a young guy came into the room with me so he came into this room just yeah. the three of us he just ripped me a new arse. I mean, Whoa. really went into me and he said, that is the most offensive thing I've ever seen in my life. You're going to get me closed down. This is it. You, you. And, I, and I said, I thought he was joking. I thought it was like Monty Python yeah, yeah. sketch. And I was going to, I started yeah. laughing. And, and, he, and he, his face was, he, was, he looked like he was going to, he was an ex-army turned yeah. out, who, newborn, so oh, okay. very, very, and I, and I said, I don't understand. I don't, I, you, after I realised he wasn't joking. Yeah. And I started shaking because I thought he was going to hit me. Yeah. He really was up in my face. I said, uh, he said, you're going to get me closed down. Get so many complaints. But who's complaint? I mean, yeah. what, what do you mean? And, and then he started. So he said, <laughs> there's one joke I'll do. Um, 
Kylie Minogue is an anagram of you like Minge. Yeah. Which actually, it's not really a joke, it's, it's true. Yeah. It, yeah. That is an anagram yeah, yeah. of you like Minge. And I do say the word Minge. And, and I said, well, that's just an anagram. And after that, I say dyslexia is an anagram of horse, which it's just a little joke. And then, and I said, but I, and I tried to explain to him, that's just, I'm not describing a Minge, yeah. it's just a word. word yeah. And then he's, and I do a joke, which I think is a really nice joke. Um, I went, uh, went to the hypnotist. Uh, I know, Doctor. I can't remember what it is, but uh, it's a Freudian. Mm. I made a Freud. I made a Freudian slip. Yeah, yeah, slip. So, so he said you said the word clit. I said yeah, but it's a Freudian slit. Clit. Slip. Yeah. Slip. Clit. Slip. Yeah. That's the joke. It's yeah. a clit. I'm not talking yeah. about a clit, and you just wouldn't have it's, it. It's a verbal tick, isn't it? That's what. Yeah, it is. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's not. Oh, it's not wow. saying I, whatever yeah. you want to say. It's but, a word. But there's so many things. That, what, what we're seeing your 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 set. There's so many. Uh, Jokes in it that the people wouldn't even remember that joke. I mean, but I mean the last thing is it, he's right, but you know what I mean. There's there's such such a momentum that they'll laugh and they're yeah. like, I don't know what's. I, but I think they they kind of trigger words to someone like that where right. he suddenly hears it and thinks oh, you can't say that right. in a, in a church. Yeah, right. But it's not even. But anyway, he wouldn't yeah. have it, and wow. we, well, I was there for about t- twenty minutes. Whoa! Did we pay it again? Did you pay it again? And, I, and he just would not have it. And in the end, I said, look, I'm not. Backing down, I said to him, yeah. I, I said, this this is my, and he said, do you think, he kept saying, this is not funny, I mean, these, and I said, well, you know, it's comedy subjective, and, you know, I understand if you don't find it funny, but I don't agree with you that it's rude. In the end, he kind of quieted down a bit, and I said, look, we have to agree to disagree. Yeah. But I was shaking when I left yeah. it, and that's the first time ever I've had that. I've had people... Hating my stuff, that's mm-hmm. fine. Go for it. I'm just trying to, but trying to convince you that you were wrong. About yeah. It. So like, yeah. I've done this for, you did it for like 20 years. How many years have you done it? Yeah, years? over 20, yeah, 20 more. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 something years. Yeah. <laughs> that's great though. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's, like, yeah. that's, that's why I love talking to you guys who do 20 something years. I say you're, uh, you're like multiple <laughs> versions of Yoda. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is also is that, is that I haven't done anything else and it's quite weird to, to tell people I've never had an interview, never worn a suit. Amazing. That's <laughs> I, think, I, I think I've worn a suit somewhere mm. along there, but you know, tie, you know, I don't know what a tie is, you yeah. know, that kind of feeling. And it's nice to do that. Yes. I mean, it's been a bit hard in the last four or five years as I've mm-hmm. kind of changed into more photography and all this stuff mm-hmm. to make that work. But, but that's great because it gives you so much power when someone says that to you. So look, I've done this well, all my life now. Kind of, but, but you, yes, in one sense. But does that help really? I mean, I think you, you've got to have an inner belief in that. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think more so now where you just think, I don't care. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. You know what? Doesn't matter. Really. Does it matter? No. You know, it really doesn't. That's the thing now. But it does matter because I've got two kids, and financially it matters. Yeah. So, but it's hard now for people starting out because there's no middle circuit. Mm-hmm. So when I started, you could do an open spot, and then three months you'd be doing a proper pay ten and mm-hmm. twenty. I mean, there was less clubs, but there were less people doing it as well. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Do you not do cruise ships or anything like that? Or? I was off for cruise ships actually when my kids were very young, and, and I although that's the time to get away from the house a little bit. <laughs> but it was um, I didn't I I could still do them, but that that kind of market is different now as well. I think it's still there. I mean, there was a time when there was lots of people from the circuit were going on to cruises. Mm. Yeah, kind of. I'd think about it. I was thinking about going back into close up magic. I really because yeah. I really enjoy doing it. I really do enjoy doing it. It's, kind of more lucrative in one sense yeah, um, yeah. because as I said the circuit hasn't gone up at all yeah. and you know everything else has gone up do you not do any like uh, write, do you write sitcoms as well or anything like that well I, so I had a company with uh, Simon Minty one uh, best mate called Abnormally Funny People mm. so we had uh, so that was um, disabled comedians so I was, the, I was a token non-disabled act <laughs> So usually it's a token uh, disabled act in the, in the show. So I was the token non-disabled, and, and, and that was our thing for 10 years. So that's 2005 to 2015. We did, we did 10 years. So we did. We went up to Edinburgh, and we were back by Sky at the time, and it was a big thing. And we had people like Liz Carr, Tanya Lee Davis, Steve Day, Chris McCausland. They're all part of that. Well, we weren't managing them, but it was a show with disabled comedians. Cool. And we wrote a sitcom that got... Up to Hattrick, up to Jimmy Mulville. He script edited the first thing. Uh, this only only about five six years ago, mm. and it got so far. We we came out of the meeting at Hattrick and thought mm. we've done it. This is what. We've, so yeah. it's a really good sit, a really funny. I thought. Uh, but it was the same time that Ricky Gervais was doing Life's Too Short, which I 
personally didn't I mean I like Gervais' stuff I really like The Office and, mm. and Extras but I mm. thought this series was not good at all because mm. it was it was more laughing at disability and we were very much very disabled stuff but really mm. funny visual and just mm -hmm. it was really really good and the kind of TV at the time came well you've got something and you know it's Gervais yeah, yeah. so it got put into back burner and then that was it I kind of brought it back a couple of years ago and it kind of it got not as far, yeah, but no. people did like it still. But it's it, you know it's very hard to bring something back to you written. It might you never know. It might it, it might get uncovered again. Yeah, I mean the idea in a way is if you had a little bit of money is to write is to make ten minutes of it, but it's it's time and effort and yeah. it's very hard. And I've come out of having only fun people now because I was everything else was getting too busy. Do you do any other festivals now? Or you just like focus on the circuit and the and the camera Yeah, I think so at the moment. Uh, Festival wise. Um, I would go up to Edinburgh again, and I do a show around the photography now. Mm. So I've done, into, I go, into, I've gone into a few camera clubs, and they, which is fun actually, because that's about hundred slides, right. uh, and bang, bang, bang. It's similar to my act, right. but it's not as fun. It's not as kind of the, again one linery, mm. but it's about the cameras I use and sure. and my access and comedians and what, the publishing and how I've got the books out and. So it's it's actually a very interesting talk. You know. Yeah, but that's it. You're like you're using that skill to do the still do the thing you love, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. The idea of, of doing stand up ish in a different environment. That's great. Yeah, though. that's such yeah. great because you that's a no uh, one else is doing that yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're you're showing them how to do it in a funny in a funny way, and who's not going to absorb that? So yeah, and also you're you're it's a subject matter. It's not about you know wedding photography or yeah. or sport. It's very few people are in that side of photography, and and very few photographers are comfortable in you know public speaking in a way yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm, that's something I'm really pushing because there's loads of camera clubs that's niche huh? yeah that it's kind niche. of it's just getting into them but what's interesting I did one to try out one in um, Bedford they were really nice they saw me do a talk at uh, a festival and they asked me to come along but it, you know I always thought selling merch at the end of it yeah. would be great because I've got yeah. prints I've got books and all that stuff mm. but you know no. it's a hard sell it's 80% Male in the camera clubs right. over sixty. Even on the cruise ships and things like that, because uh, I used to work on the cruise ships as a fitness instructor. Oh, I did a couple okay. of gigs on there. Right, piano bar and so on. Oh, okay. And I did a few spots like, and and they got, they got complaints. And uh, did they? <laughs> Did they? Yeah, because I was terrible at the time. Oh, yeah. I did like some really rude stuff because it was a beginning, and I was yeah, like, "That's all I had." Cruise is different, and mm. you've got to really keep it clean. And, unless mm. they do a late show, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and uh, it was I was on the like the uh, Coffin Dodgers Express, yeah, yeah. Um, and like so anyway, so I was there, and they did have people on doing similar talks like that in the in the day. Someone would talk about like, camera work or whatever it was, a specific thing. That's so you could maybe still do that too. I mean, you, you know what? Speak, yeah. It really does interest me that to, to, to find out the different routes now because, but it's a chicken and egg thing, is because the more you get known as a photographer, then you'll be offered that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's, it's trying to, you know, and I uh, talked to my, the guy who does my prints, Alex Schneiderman in um, Flow Photograph. He's the most wonderful, he's a great photographer as well. He's a master printer and mm -hmm. he does my exhibition prints. Great. And you know his advice to me as a photographer, or as a, as a, was just keep taking yeah. stuff, keep being creative, keep because you can't be ignored because you've got such a backlog of work of yeah. of the stuff that no one else has really got. It's like in the old days with David Bailey taking backstage pictures of Rolling Stones or something like that. At the time that was real rock and roll. What was it? Yeah. Rock and roll. Some of those stuff is it's really respected. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows that name. Yeah. Well. And you know what, the Steve Best, uh, your name is, uh, I used to go to school with a girl called Simone Best, and her dad was Steve Best as well. I was like, when I saw your name at first on the circuit, I was like, that's not the same guy, <laughs> is it? He's, he comes in England, he lives in London, he's doing, he used to be a hairdresser. And I was like, but it's not you. But it was like, I was like, I was totally, I was for a while I was like. But there no. is another Steve, uh, Steve Best that does um, gift cards. They're very funny. Look him up, I, I don't know if he's still doing it actually. He used to do these... Uh, a bit like Larson, you know Gary Larson who did some um, animal pictures, uh, cartoons. Right. But Steve Best was one of those. The the word TED Talk sounds derogatory in this sense, but it's I mean, I'm not meaning that way. But that would be a really interesting th like idea if you can get like because it'd be funny too, and it, it would really like it'd be like this is what I, this is what I do because it's so hard to capture comedy in a film sense even in like that spontaneity and that and that and that moment. But any, but you were doing it 
in a still picture sense as well, which is even even harder because you've only got one shot, really, haven't you? That gets it. Yeah, multiple, multiple but you know what I mean. You yes, get that yeah. Sometimes you miss it. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's again that old photography thing. If you if you take a roll of film, old roll of film, thirty six. Mm-hmm. If you get one out of that roll, then you're you you know you should be happy. And it's the same, but the same with digital. Really, yeah. you can take loads and loads and not get it. You know that one of the comedy store show and party. Mm. Maybe there's two that I would in the whole, you know, thousand photographs oh. that I would think, actually, I would use this for my career, as in mm-hmm. as in one of my backstage lovely shots, you know, mm-hmm. arty shots. So I, I'll be interested to see your camera speech, like, into you know, your, your, your talk. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the big thing. I went up to Edinburgh two years ago and did the Stills Gallery, mm-hmm. which was a really prestigious photography gallery. Mm-hmm. That's when I started, so I tried to put a little talk together every mm-hmm. afternoon. And it's kind of evolved since then because it was it was a bit dry and, and all this stuff and it, it just takes time. It's like anything writing something. Yeah, I want to carry on doing. It. I I will try and get some more camera clubs next next um, in the autumn or something. Like that. A niche and no one else is doing it, man. That's it. Like those, I guess there, there must be camera festivals as well, isn't there? Yeah, I mean camera. I mean th- th- those kind of things. The, the hobbyists and all that. It's massive. You know, anything like that. Cycling, photography. Yeah. I mean, the people do workshops and away weekends and all this stuff. Seminars and mm. I mean, it's huge. In the photography. World. You get sponsored, Steve, and then you're like, well, you know what. Uh, I'm going to mention them because they've been so fantastic to me. The mm. F- Fuji film initially, we were talking about jo- John Murphy, Johnny Murph, yeah. who's a stand, kind of a stand-up. But he, mm-hmm. used, he used to be manager at Leica, and he yeah. was he's in Joker Face, my yeah. book. I remember going past Red Dot Cameras, which is Leica cameras in um, Clerkenwell, and I was trying to get sponsorship. This was years mm. ago, and this guy mentioned this John that he's manager at Mayfair. So mm. I went to Leica, Leica shop in Mayfair. Mm. And he got it straight away. He loved nice. it. And he and I went in about two or three times. And Leica, through him, were going to lend me the top of the range. I mean, in, I don't know if you know Leica. Leica's just the, the hand-built German cameras. I mean, they're just five, six, seven, eight, nine grand worth of cameras. I mean, the lens I was playing around with, it was one of the fastest lens. It was the fastest lens in the world, as in as in speed. Yeah. And it, the lens alone was, I think it was seven, eight grand. Wow. I mean, we're not talking about money all the time, all yeah. stuff, but the fact is it was it was just craft. Yeah. I mean, it was just a beautiful yeah. piece of glass. So we're playing around with that, and I was about to go in and pick up some, ca- not that lens, but I was going to pick it up for a couple of months to, to borrow. Mm-hmm. And then the manager, Leica, who I'd never met before, mm-hmm. phoned me up and said, look, we don't do this. And uh, But then John put me on to someone at Fujifilm. They got it straight away, and mm-hmm. they started lending me their stuff. They kind of responsible. So if you look in Joker Face, the book, mm-hmm. they have got their logo, Fujifilm. Oh, great. But it's just trying to carry on that re- re- relationship. And, and it, they last for a couple of years, that relationship. And mm. then it, and now is a time that you think, actually, this is the time because yeah. I'm really creating some great stuff with your cameras. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. But it, that's not the way business works. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. It's very hard. You could maybe just, just take it to other camera places, would you take it? Yeah. Well, I suppose, but all the stuff, in a way, you know, you, people like Sony and, and the, the, you know, they're massively into their cameras at the yeah. moment. And they're a bigger company in a way because mm-hmm. they do so much other stuff. And they mostly would be interested, but... The fact is, all my stuff's shot on Fuji, yeah. so oh, no, it's yeah. not so you can. It, you can't so it's, it. yeah, but they've been fantastic. So you know, uh, up to now, and, and I still have a relationship with a guy there, and we and we get on really well. We can still meet. I always think it's very hard because you do with art sometimes. In in the old times, you know, you'd have these patrons and yeah. people chucking millions. Of, you know, yeah. some of the big artists at yeah. the time. You see, I, it's very hard to keep financially going with that if, mm. if you've not got any income on that side. So you've got to do. Photo, you know, shoots. I do that, you know, portrait stuff. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. I got my. You I've did. been milking the hell out of that picture <laughs> you got me. We just made me pointing at myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so I've got my website done uh, recently with those pictures, and it's, they look great. Thank yeah. you. They're really great pictures. I hate having my picture taken. So a lot of people do. It's funny because like, you, you always find comedians think that uh, some of them do love being in front of the camera, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't like it. You know, yeah. they want to do jokes. They want That's to it. have a picture taken. But hopefully, because I know most people that, that you can come in and we have a chat and we just I click away. I mean, with Scott, I think I mentioned to you, this, this Scott Kapoor is a he's a good friend. He he, he kind of um, wanted to shoot me, and he said I don't want any pose shots, so I just mm. chatted for for an hour, just clicking away. That's great. And we, you know, you're going to get a lot of blinky eye shots, yeah. but you'll get one or two really nice ones. Mm. And if you start telling the acts and telling jokes, people laughing. So what's the next uh, step, Steve? Well, I was going to go up to Edinburgh, but uh, this I'm not going in this year. But I. I don't think Edinburgh is the right place for me at the moment because it's so much going on there. Mm-hmm. I've got um, 
an exhibition that was meant to be in July, but now it's going to be in October in London of 16, I think, of my prints in a, of the Observatory Gallery in Russell Square, which is fantastic. And that's the place to be. So that's in October, so I'm building up towards that. The Saatchi Gallery took one of my, took three of my pictures. Great. They, uh, which is, you know, great to have the word Saatchi. But mm. it's one of their, they've got an in-screen thing where they put a lot of new artists on their screen. Yeah. So that, if you go into the Saatchi, you'll see my, uh, cool. which is amazing. Yeah. I wrote to them and said, look, you've got my picture now. How can we work together a bit? Mm. And the Saatchi starts massive. So, mm. you know, they only work with a certain amount of artists properly mm. like that. So it's just pushing out the work, carrying on mm. taking pictures. I'm gigging, you know, most, most weekends and all that stuff. What we're talking about here, the whole the whole thing, is what we're saying from the beginning is like just build a po- massive portfolio of work, yeah, know, and make it as good as you can. Start just start, isn't it? Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, comedy certainly. I think you, you it, it's 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 very different to when I started, mm-hmm. and I I think it's it's much harder to make a name for yourself because there's so many mm-hmm. people doing it in so many clubs that are just doing open spots or mm-hmm. bring bring a fan. I don't know how it mm-hmm. works now. It's very hard to leave onto the professional circuit and the professional circuit now is much harder because it's not as professional financially as it was but I still think with any creative artistic industry you've just got to create mm. you've got to keep writing or keep drawing or keep mm. photograph you know whatever it is mm. you've got to keep doing it keep building those credit credits yeah. So you got yeah yeah be fearless but I, I do think that um, it's very hard to learn stand up I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually just starting a course for Hill, Hills Jago oh, I'm yeah. one of her teachers now yeah no because I, I, I forgot to say yeah, I was I took over from Hugh Thomas from Middlesex University so oh. for the last three or four or five years now I've been teaching at Middlesex University mm. so visiting lecturer at um, they do a drama course and third year they can do the comedy module quite a few f- famous people have come from that university oh. actually yeah yeah um, can't think of anything but I will admit it. <laughs> uh, but so I'll be doing that. So I'm kind of used to the teach. I really enjoy it, actually. Mm. So you kind of feel like you're giving something. And you forget how much you know mm-hmm. as well. So you see someone and think, actually, that's not working because of that. So I, I do some, like, 40 hours for them. Um, but now, yeah, here's, I'm doing her one, a beginner's course. It's an extensive, intens- intensive one on the Wednesdays, yeah. So uh, we'll see how it goes. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? You're just re- yeah. re- revisiting things you thought you, you, as I said, you things you've forgotten that you know. Yeah, and you kind of work out, you can, un, you know, of course, you know, mic technique and other things mm. you can teach them, but teaching them, you know, it's kind of where their truth is, where their funny bone is, mm. and, and, you know, you can teach them how to write jokes, yeah. but but a lot of the time people want to do observational stuff or stuff about themselves, and, and um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. We'll see. You're not going up to Edinburgh this year? No, I mean, I'd have to work out why I was going up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I did um, Mervyn Stutter, I did his photography last year, which I really enjoyed, actually. Mm-hmm. So I did his, because I don't know if you know the Mervyn Stutter show, it's, it's basically mm-hmm. a compilation show. Right. It's in the morning, and he has people on who are in the festival mm-hmm. doing five minutes, and then he interviews them a little bit. So it's theatre, it's comedy, there's, mm-hmm. you know, all, all sort of clowning, everything, all kind of stuff, cool. music. It's a good show, actually. It's like an hour and a half, and you can basically see a variety show. Cool. And then you can choose. They give out leaflets at the end. You can right. choose what you want to go to. So I did this photography for that on that. And then I had an exhibition at the Pleasant Dome nice. last year. Yeah. It was good, but it, again, it was, it's extraordinary how, how it gets lost. You know, you've got one of the biggest venues there, yeah. and you're standing outside and say, oh, Steve, what are you doing up here? Yeah. And you think, oh, put your head in here, and you can see yeah. my picture. But so it was really, it was, and I don't know if it's the right place for that. Mm. You know, I really don't. But I'd, if, unless I was doing a show, you know, my kind of lecture kind of show around it, I, I, I'd be interested to do it. Great. Yeah, yeah I'd, have to, I'd have to really kind of work out how to make it just a bit funnier, because at the moment, I'm not sure, because it, you, you, you've got to work out, because when I do it for the camera clubs, it's more home towards the photography side of it, so who do you do it to, yeah. you know? Just like a ramp it up or ramp it down, it's, it's easy yeah, to... Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I'll have to work it, yeah. And so uh, your exhibition is in October in... Uh, it'll be the Observatory Photography Gallery right. in Marchmont Street, which is in Russell Square. That's going to be there for about six months, I think. Um, and then from there, hopefully, other galleries, and you can get mm. people say, look, come and have a look at it. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I mean, that could be a, the start of something quite yeah, nice. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But, Love um, it is, man. Yeah. And cool. so we can find you, stevebest.com? Yeah. That's my dad would say that. www.stevebest.com. But there's very much about photography there is a comedy side to yeah. it because uh, I should put my diary on that as well but it, at the moment it's kind of about exposure to risk which is the name of the 
exhibition. Great. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, Steve, thanks for coming on, man. It's been great. It's been a pleasure. Cool. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And that was episode 72. Steve Best, photographer, comedian, just all around great guy. Go check him out. Go check his website out. Stevebest.com, I think it is. And go find him there. Go and see him. Go get photographs taken from him. He's an excellent photographer. He managed to get me just right. There was a few where I was like, kind of, you know, that moment, that split second when the shutter goes off and you like a gurn. But hey, look, he got some great pictures, which I've been milking. Brilliant photographer, lovely fella. Go and see him. And if you ever see him on a bill, go and see him live. He's brilliant. So that was episode 72, guys. I hope you liked it. You can follow us on Instagram at winterdominus. That's W-I-N-T-E-R-D-O-M-I-N-U-S. And I will be streaming pretty soon some comedy that I'll just be writing and just putting straight out. If you'd like the links for that, well, they'll be on the Facebook group, The Comedy Defect. Uh, If you'd like to donate to the podcast, sure, why not? Go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast, and you'll see a picture of my face and the logo of The Comedy Defect, and you can donate as much as you feel this podcast is worth, maybe as much as a coffee or whatever you feel, like, you know, um, maybe just some sleeping tablets. I don't know what you want me to, what do you want? What do you want want me to do? Do you tell me what you want me to do? Or where you'd like your donation to be applied? Let me know. Let me know where you'd like that to be applied, and then I will tag you in Instagram post and uh, let you know that that has actually gone to where you wanted it to go to. It could go on biscuits, anything, maybe something that I don't even like. I, I, what, do I, what do I not like? Don't really like, um, not a big fan of anchovies. So if you want to buy anchovies with your donation, you can do that too. I mean, you know, maybe you could come over if you like anchovies, it's fine. We'll make a pizza. That's the only thing that anchovies go well on, isn't it? Pizza. Uh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong, but they don't really go. That's really salty and not, not, I don't know why I'm talking about anchovies, but look, that was episode 72. And I hope you enjoyed it. We've got the next episode, which is at the end of May. And that will be with an excellent comedian. He's been on the circuit in maybe over 20 years. It is the fantastic and just incredible guy, Adam Bloom. I'm really proud of that one. It's really fun. Uh, Hopefully we won't be on the lockdown then as well. We can listen to it outside on your second time if you left your house. And that will be uh, the last Wednesday in May. Adam Bloom for episode 73. And that's all I'm going to say for this episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. That was Steve Best. Next is Adam Bloom. Enjoy your days off. Get your stuff in order and get ready for when we're allowed out. Get ready to unleash the beast. Okay, until the next time, this was the Comedy Defect Podcast. I'm Winter Fonander. You're you. See you next time.